This is Recovery Revolution Live. The episode you're about to listen to is live and unedited. If you'd like to join us on the live stream, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook.com slash Recovery Revolution 100 or search Recovery Revolution Live on YouTube. Please join our 2022 Recovery Challenge. It opened up September 1st and it's going all the way through September 30th. It's simple, it's easy, and it spreads hope. Just take a selfie of yourself holding a sign with your city, state, country on there. Supports recovery. Well done, sir. Well done. This message was brought to you by the management of Recovery Revolution. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, man. We... We should record you actually doing that. I could put that in the video so okay. we don't have to say anything. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> well done, sir. You was, should be on That was the radio. my professional radio voice. <laughs> Did I sound right. Scottish? <laughs> no. But you sounded good. Okay. Well done. Well done. Sounds like the 80s when you were about to like say bad news. The guy like, here comes a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we had the, uh, the news intro music. I, I, I have some. I have some. If you'd like that. Yeah. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, I saw that. I was watching. Uh, uh, um, I was checking out that Most High uh, Media, and they have a Discovery <laughs> News gambit, which I love. Yeah. Michael Paddleford is in the house. What up, Michael? my buddy we love michael we had him on how long ago was that that michael came on it's been like one of our first guests wasn't he man i should know this yeah it was like a while ago it's been a little while it's been several months (laughs) i don't know (laughs) marches it's hard to keep track of time right but we have the lovely i say lovely I was about to say Ashley Grimes, but she's not here. She's running late. She's going to be here in a minute. We have Mr. Mm-hmm. J.R. Weaver tonight joining us from Charleston for now. Charleston for now. That's my new happy dance, man. That's my new happy dance. <laughs> soon soon I expect you to be on the live stream with like some palm trees or a beach behind you, something cool. Costa Rica is coming soon, man. That's right. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And I'm I'm joining you guys live from right outside of Dallas, Texas. Mm. Yeehaw! Oh, there we, we go. Have, There's a little, little hat, shimmy. Brett's got a little shimmy going. <laughs> I need a cowboy hat. I've been telling. I got one right here, actually. You got one right there. <laughs> I do. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I don't have any hats around here. I should. I live in the deep south. I have plenty of hats. Uh, well, my door's closed, but. They're all hanging on the door. <laughs> okay. And of course, we can't forget our special guest tonight. T, how are you? Good, how are you? Doing fantastic. Coming to us, you're in Maine, right? I am. I'm in Lewiston, Maine, and I'm Lewiston, from Portland, Maine. Maine, originally. Okay. Maine okay. in the house. Yes, Maine yes. M Rap. Shout out to M Rap. Yeah. Yes. Randy, Michael, where you guys at, man? Yeah, I'm surprised Randy's not in the in the comments. 
Randy, me and Randy just did a commercial that's gonna be coming out. Special guest Jr. <laughs> nice. Who'd you get? Who'd you guys do a commercial for? Um, you know, I she didn't actually tell us, but she is from Blue Sky Recovery, and oh, wow. um, yeah, I, I assume it's part of that. The Hope Shots in the house too. Justin, what's up, brother? Recover loud, Mike. Joshua Saunders. Awesome. Well, if oh. you do, do, do we want to let T start off and and kind of tell us her story and T, let's get this get party everybody... started. Uh, give us a little background. Right. What you got? Hey guys. So, all right. Um, I'm T, aka Trish. Um, a few years back, I don't know. I just this T name person just kind of like took over. <laughs> so that's me now. But anyway, so um, I. Grew up in Portland, Maine with my grandmother, um, just her and I pretty much my whole life. Uh, my mom was an addict, so she was in and out. My dad, I was told he passed away before I was born, but there's more to that, and we'll get to that later. Ashley, and um, anyway, so yeah, my grandmother, her son passed away at 18. They told me he was my dad, uh, so just me and her, and she, she was an alcoholic, so things were great, but at the same time, things were not so great. Like, you know, she'd have me making her drinks at like 10 years old and thought nothing of it, neither did I. I grew up in a bar basically because she worked there and uh, we'd always go there. You know, my mom, she, she lived in Westbrook, not too far from me, and we didn't really speak much or see her much. Um, but when we did, it was odd because I was always worried about her drinking and like, you know, it was just crazy. So, um, anyway, time goes on and 10, I, 10 years old is when, like, I would say my first addiction piece comes into play. Um, and I had a brain tumor and the scars right here, which actually today I just found out when I got a haircut, there's a, another bump over here that I've never heard, known about. And it, it's kind of starting the same way. So I'm a little worried, but so anyway, I survived that obviously. Um, and so me and my grandmother still, I get to 18. I dislocate my kneecap. My cousin, we were wrestling, we dislocated it. I go to the doctors. They gave me um, five, 15 oxys a day, 15 milligram oxys a day, six of them. And uh, that was really like my first pain pill experience. And it was obviously crazy, and but I didn't know back then what that meant. Um, so about a year and a half goes on, and I start getting more addicted to them slowly. You know, I started snorting them, and then I started selling them, and then I started shooting them. And um, my one of my cousins actually, he, you know, he was he wanted some, and he's like, "Yeah, hey, let me do this, whatever." And uh, so yeah. That was like my first experience with that. And I, you know, I didn't really do it much because I didn't love it. I didn't love it. I just, I swear that was one thing I would never do. But, anyways, um, so I'm on these pills for about a year and a half. Like, I'm working, I'm selling them, I'm making a lot of money. And I thought love, life was great, you know. And then one day my grandmother dies, like, out of nowhere, you know. So that literally, like, killed me. And, um, all of a sudden I, I was like alone in the world and it was like this awful lonely feeling. And that's when I really started 
abusing the pills and you know then I, they called right like within days after she died they called me in for a pill count i couldn't get there because my car had gotten repossessed um you know so they took the pills away and that was my first time really knowing what dope sick was and at that time i was 19 or no i was 20 sorry so at 20 it's my first time i guess knowing what addiction was and um figuring it out along the way so my mom, she's still there. She comes back into my life. Like I seen her one day walking down the street and that's how we reunited really. And uh, we started hanging out and drinking together and doing drugs together. And then she passed away. And um, so I was, I was literally alone in the world. That's how I felt. And for years I didn't care. I did everything I could to, you know, not not live anymore or die or like, I tried to commit suicide before. I've been to jail. I've, you know, prayed to die. Like, I've done everything I could, but I just couldn't die. Like, I know that sounds dumb, but, I, I it, you know, whatever. So, anyway, um, I moved to Tennessee thinking that's going to help me get sober. And at that time, I was 25. Um, no, I was 24. So, I moved to Tennessee to get sober. And so I was there for about six months. I was fine. I got sober, um, like on my own. I just, you know, I, whatever. I came off everything. But then I went to school. I was in uh, cosmetology school, and they noticed I was having like some attention problems and like, you know, focusing. And so she she asked me if I ever had ADHD, which I did. So they told me to go get on medication. Well, I did. And the doctor happened to be from Maine, so we bonded a little bit, and he immediately wrote me um, Adderall and Klonopin. And I knew right off, I knew I wasn't supposed to have that, but I was in this strange town. I knew nobody. It was just me and my cousin, and they were working. I was home, you know, whatever. So I took them. And um, I don't remember, I guess, things, but I went to barbering school, I mean, cosmetology school, and they noticed I was off. I went to, I worked at McDonald's while I was there and I actually got injured and had to go to the hospital because I burnt my arm. Hi. And um, that's kind of when shit hit the fan there. Like they knew I was lying and I got these pills because my cousin's friend actually worked at the doctor's office and somehow they broke the HIPAA anyway. And she told her that I was on these medicine and blah, blah, blah. So they gave me an ultimatum, go to rehab or go back to Maine. And so I came back to Maine. I didn't know what I was doing, where I was going, but I stayed with a friend. And the next day I met my wife. Um, that was eight years ago. So I've been with her, you know, for eight years. And through that time, I've struggled. Like when I met her, I was still sober other than the Klonopin and, you know, whatever. I hadn't taken anything from weeks and months after that, I think. But anyway, so I started slowly drinking and taking more pills and whatever, you know, having fun. And then I got in a, a car accident and almost died. And um, my spleen, I was bleeding internally. I fractured my face. I broke my patella. Um, yeah, like, so I was really messed up. My face was all bruised. I was, like, in the hospital. And her and I were separated for a little bit and... You know, like, it, 
it made me think, but it also didn't because when I left the hospital, I had nowhere to go, you know? So I left there with all these pain pills again. And I was told I would never walk right and I had a walker. And so I stayed at my cousin's house and she came down and helped me. And, you know, like, obviously I was taking those pills more and more slowly. And then this guy came over and he had heroin and he, he's like, here, try this. It was like the greatest worst feeling in my whole life. And like, I, it just seemed like a miracle at the time, you know, cause it took away all the pain and all the physical pain. And it just seemed amazing until like, it wasn't, you know, it doesn't last long before it's not fun anymore and you need it and you're sick. And so, um, yeah, the whole addiction thing with that took off from there for a long time. Like I was, I don't know, three years or so like struggling and then tried to get sober. That didn't work. Um, and then between that time I was homeless and, you know, bouncing around and finally, um, I don't know about, it's been three years now, like, and a lot has happened in between then. Like I, I decided three years ago to go get help. But, um, right when I did that, I also found out I was adopted and my grandmother was actually not my grandmother, but she raised me. So, you know, she is, but, uh, actually I had a dad and a brother and a sister and this whole family in gray Maine. And that was like 10 minutes away from where I grew up. So in the middle of getting sober and trying to fix my marriage, that all like came all literally at the same time. And the family I grew up with disowned me and don't talk to me because I don't know why, to be honest, like they're jealous and they're upset and they don't want to hear about my dad because I am starting to get to know him and we're building a relationship. And I obviously know they feel guilty and that's probably why, you know, because I've been working on myself for like three years and going to counseling and trying to make sure I'm not the problem. Like I'm trying to go above and beyond to change things in the way I am, you know? So that all happened, but I, I went to the bridge and I was going to jump because I couldn't deal with it anymore. And my wife had had enough at that point. Cause I just was gone. Like, and honestly, I, I broke down one night and I got physical and I choked her and she left like she left she put a restraining order on me and that was that you know like so i was sitting outside under a tree like crying in the rain and i literally had nowhere to go and i didn't know what to do and i was dope sick and i was couldn't go get my clothes like i didn't have a wife like everything was gone so i went to the bridge and i was gonna jump and then all of a sudden i i just called 911 and the guy you know, asked me what was wrong. I'm like, I'm going to hurt myself. I need you to help me. So they came and got me and I went to detox. And uh, I, you know, like I said, I had nothing. I met a woman in there. She, she liked me for whatever reason, felt bad. So when I was leaving there with no clothes, not a dollar, she gave me $40 and she was like, here, like, you know, get some food and do whatever you need to do. Good luck. You know, like, and that showed me, like, there's still people that care, like, you know, so a friend of mine that I actually grew up with lived around there, and she let me stay there for about a month, and that's when I was really getting into sobriety, and I started going to IOP every day, and 
you know, I was like really trying to change who I was because I knew I was a problem and I didn't like who I was anymore. And so I, I was in IOP for like nine months. Like I didn't use, like honestly from day one when I got sober, I didn't use anything after that, but my anger and my anxiety and you know, everything gets to me and then I go nuts. And really that's the problem. And that's when I think about using and, uh, you know, so anyway, I've been sober now for three years because of that incident. And um, I've had my wife and, you know, all these people behind me and I've put myself out there. And uh, I don't think people should have to go through what I did and feel alone and be alone because nobody is. And, you know, like my cousin Randy, me and him have the same sober date. And right around, you know, like two years ago now, he's formed a softball team. And I played softball all growing up until I got injured. And I always wanted to play again, but I didn't. I was ashamed and I couldn't. So Randy started this softball team and I was like, yeah, I'm doing it. And I went up, you know, I didn't know nobody. He wasn't even there. I met all these strangers and like we bonded and we hung out and my wife joined the team. You know, it was amazing. So it gave me something to look forward to. And I played on another team in the winter, like, I just have tried to stay busy, you know, and, but now, like, I know that addiction and recovery, like, they, they're together, you know, like, you, if you're addicted, you can recover, and you will, and you just gotta want it and try, and, you know, like, there's a lot more stuff out there helping people now, so it's fortunate, and, like, I still need help, too, you know, I, I help a lot of people now, too, but I also need help still, and, I'm not ashamed to admit it. And that's one thing that like, I've had a problem with my whole life, even now is being too honest. And I, I can't like, I can't sugarcoat it. I'm not going to lie. Like, but I, I do need to work on the delivery of it, I guess, but I am who I am. Right. But anyways, so, um, before I came on here, like, I guess I've had a lot of traumatic, things happen in recovery and in sobriety but um the the thing about it in sobriety is like I can wake up and remember like what I did yesterday to fix it and what it didn't work or I don't have to waste my whole time like running to chase drugs or money or whatever you know what I mean like and just last week I I paid off my fine for the last time like it's the first time in my whole life I don't have a fine nothing to do with the court and that's amazing and um yeah like i i'm celebrating two years almost at my job and it's the first job i've ever had more than like three months you know i had my car for two years this week like it's amazing how recovery can help you and it's not easy like i'm not gonna say it's easy i'm not gonna lie and say oh come on it's a blessing it's amazing because it's really not it can be both it is what you make it and that's what i'm learning so, um, yeah, and I also got a counselor again this week because I haven't had one for about six months since my good friend uh, killed herself. I don't, that's probably not the right way to say it, but, like, it still hurts me, and I just, I need to get it out, whatever. But anyway, so I haven't really talked or asked for help or even engaged with recovery or anybody in recovery since then. And I know that's an issue. And um, yeah, really, today's the goal of this really is I'm going to stop that today. Like, I need 
I need to put myself out there again and do more. And, you know, I got these stones. I don't believe in energy and all that, but I kind of do now. My wife's obsessed with Lizzo, and we're going to that concert next week, front row. Like, so she got us these stones and, like, got me these energy and, like, wealth and this and that. And I've been carrying them because I'm, I'm willing to do anything to change, you know, what I'm doing and how I feel. So I've been carrying them, and literally, like, good things have been happening every single time. You know, like, it's amazing. And I'm just starting to see more of the positives, like... I wrote a gratitude list last night with her and then before this I just did with myself and like it's right here but like I've never ever had more positives than negatives you know like never wow. so I feel proud about that but yeah I just I mean I I could probably go on and on forever about like the tragic things I've been through you know what I mean but like that's not really going to help anyone <laughs> like you know so I just think that if people, if you're going through something or whatever it is, there's always, always somebody that's been there or going there or, you know, like can help you not be there or something, mm -hmm. you know? And I just, that's my goal. Like I'm trying to do anything I can to help people and do anything. And it helps me also because I used to be such an asshole, to be honest. Like I hated the world. I hated myself. Like, I wouldn't even like look at anybody if they looked at me. I'm like, what the fuck you looking at? Like, you know, <laughs> but now like, I'm just like, Hey, what, what's wrong? You need some help. Like, and I'm struggling with the boundaries cause I'm either too nice or too not nice. And you know, so it, it's amazing. All the people I'm meeting that show me different points of views and that I can talk to, to help me calm down. Cause I, I can get pretty angry sometimes. I think we but, all can. Right, right. <laughs> T, I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad you didn't jump off the bridge. First off, no. <laughs> yes. I, I I think of that as a uh, a God moment right there because it sounded like that was your pretty your rock bottom, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And yeah, definitely. You know, it sounds like uh, you're on the right path. I mean, where? Uh, if I can ask you a personal question. Absolutely. On a scale of one to ten, what would you rate your recovery? Uh, I would say probably nine and a half. Okay. I just my my anxiety and my anger get the best of me sometimes, but I haven't relapsed. You know, I I support like you know multiple pathways. Um, I don't take any kind of pills for anxiety. I you know I use cannabis. <laughs> I know that's not really a recovery thing, but it's what helps. And yeah. um, if it keeps me away from all that other stuff, then I'm willing to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if, if smoking cannabis keeps you off the hard stuff, smoke, smoke the hell out of it. That's, that's right. I mean, if it improves your quality of life, then yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, I think, uh, I wish Ashley was here. I, she could confirm. Yeah, she would say I think, the, uh, the, the working definition from NAMI is any improvement of, I don't remember the exact, she always, Life. She has all the fancy words. Yeah, she got the fancy <laughs> words. But I think uh, Samsa says you're in recovery when you say you're in recovery. So, Right, right. And, like, I'm an open book, you know. So I I have people at work now, like, that know. I, like, because before I couldn't tell anyone. I was ashamed and, you know, this and that. But then I got my first job that I loved, which is Good Shepherd Food Bank, by the way. And we supply food to all the food pantries and, you know, 
all the coast in Maine. Um, and I absolutely love my job because I feel like it's helping on the other side of this. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm supplying the food for the homeless people and my family and friends in Portland that are getting this food, you know? So it means a lot to me. And, um, it just, it's weird how everything connects because when I was, you know, 15, 16, my grandmother, she volunteered at this food pantry called St. Luke's and my wife's last name is Luke. And now I'm at this food pantry and my wife's family's last name is Tibbetts. And the dad that I just found out about is Tibbetts. So it's been a total mind fuck, mm. you know, like, and we thought we were related and, you know, like, it's just, if she was here, she's funny. She, she said, good thing we can't have kids then. Like, <laughs> you know, she tries to make light of everything and we just, we really support each other and we've learned to like, you know, really be a team. And so I, I know that I never have no one anymore, regardless. So you've been married for, you said, uh, eight six years. years. Oh, no, years. I've been, we've been in the guest six years, been married, uh, eight years, been married six. Okay. And you, you, so you were in the marriage when you were still in active use. Yes. Was she in active use too, or was she? Um, she was drinking and stuff and she, okay. she followed me around, you know, homeless and everything like, and you know, I, I praise her for that. Cause she, that's not her at all. You know, she's not like that. Like she was in the military. She's like a little soldier. Like she's like my half pint, you know, like, and uh, she just, yeah, I don't know. People see us and they would think like I'm the man, but really it's her. Like she's the one fixing the cabinets and building everything. And I'm like, Oh no, don't, don't do that. Like I grew up in the city. I, you know, I, with my grandma, I didn't learn any of that stuff. You know, I didn't have a dad or anyone to teach me anything. So, you know, I've almost gotten hurt a few times trying to do some of the stuff. And so she teaches me a lot as well. Wow. She does everything. <laughs> she manages a restaurant. Like she just, she's everything. You ever think that you survived what you survived because, you know, there was a, uh, a purpose for you to be here today. I always think um, that whatever I do leads me to where, where I'm going. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I never used to think that. I honestly just hated the world and couldn't wait to die. I was like every day waking up hoping to die, literally. Like after my grandmother died, I I just felt hopeless and, you know, everything. Like I just, I don't know. I can't explain how empty I felt, you know, like. Oh, I so, know. We know. We know, yeah. we know what you felt. <laughs> right. Yeah. And so, you know, like Katie has been there like basically like the only way I can think of it is like a sand glass type of thing. Like help, like, you know, I'm on the bottom and she's helping me, you know, like, and it's been amazing. Like, and she's made me want to be better for myself and, you know, not just like showing me or doing something like she teaches me it. So I know it and can do it and feel good about it. So we're, yeah, we're a pretty good team because she used to be too nice and I was too rude and we kind of like, balance Let together out. <laughs> yes yeah. very much yeah that's that's like the uh the uh the professional relationship we have on screen you know i'm the quiet one brett's the chatty <laughs> no, one he's not <laughs> you are not no, the quiet so we one. balance each other out and ag is she's she's the uh the brainiac yeah <laughs> i mean they 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 rarely let me on screen so i feel blessed <laughs> this guy this guy he's on here telling lies in front of everybody <laughs> He's not quiet. 
He comes on whenever he wants. Just saying. <laughs> I send you the link every week. <laughs> well, you're both pretty funny. <laughs> so, T, what kind of, uh, you said you went to IOP? Uh, I did, that, yeah. That's where you found your recovery as after the detox? Um, yeah, like actually when I left the detox, uh, they gave me this, they signed me up for this place called Blue Willow. And, um, I went there, like, I, you know, I was still homeless, basically staying on my friend's couch. Um, I couldn't go home. I had literally had no clothes, nothing. And I couldn't get a hold of Katie. Like I wasn't allowed to at that point. So I just, I don't know. I just, I didn't know what to do. So I just dragged myself there every day until I started loving it, you know, and the counselors were there, like, they really helped me a lot, and we bonded, and, you know, like, I, there's one of them, like, we're not really seeing each other anymore as of recently, but I, you know, I can still text her or message her, but she, she wasn't, like, a regular counselor, you know, I've had trouble with that, and she would tell me, like, it is, you know, like, she, if I was getting angry, and going to walk out, she'd be like, sit the fuck down we're dealing with this today you know what i mean and i needed that like and she reminded me of my grandmother and like it just worked you know so we we could relate because she grew up in the hood i guess she as she would say like so she said she could relate to how i felt about certain things and you know whatever so yeah it just we got along and she helped me along the way she knew a lot of things and um slowly over the last six months since my friend died i have been like stopping everything you know like i literally haven't done anything and uh i'm trying to change that excellent excellent yeah so you don't you don't but, get involved with uh randy and michael doing their thing i know um, well, i was actually road. directing my well mike moved away a little bit uh i was directing the recover loud show and randy I played softball with him, uh, but we don't like directly work together, but somehow we always end up together. Literally <laughs> like me and Randy have the same sober date. You know what I mean? We grew up together in the same project. He's my cousin. Like, you know, it, Mike did have to go. It's better for him. I'm happy for him, but yeah, you know, so it, seeing Randy like doing what he's doing also makes me realize I can do it, you know? Right. Like we right. grew up in the same place. We're from the same place, you know, like, so it was amazing. We've you know, learned a lot. Yeah. It's uh, one of the things I always tell uh, people that I, I talk with is to keep building your, your recovery network. I mean, yeah. you say you started playing baseball. I mean, that's, that's huge. That's huge. <laughs> yeah. That gets you out of your head. You know, being part of a team helps build right. you know, your self-esteem, self-confidence, and you. Yeah, my that, wife played too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's great. It's 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 yeah, good. And, and the exercise. Yeah, yeah, like I think I'm gonna play every year. You know, like I'm gonna we're working on starting our own team for next year. Like, so I'm excited about that. It's pretty awesome. We, I like. I like I said, I have more positive than negatives these days, and I'm learning to deal with things, you know. And I slowly am getting all these different like qualifications, and like, like I got um, ordained as a minister, like, so I'm trying to take that more serious and learn more 
because I feel ignorant, like, you know, like saying that I am ordained, but I don't feel it. Like, so I need to learn some stuff. And, um, yeah, I'm just trying to, like, learn everything I can. I volunteer at um, a warming shelter and help in the kitchen and, like, on the weekends. And basically it's the same thing I do at my job but a smaller scale, and we send them the food. So it's – I try to, you know, like I said, I try to do a lot and help where I can. And um, me and my wife are, you know, she just – she is a manager of a very fine restaurant around here and – we're doing well, you know, so I don't have much to be sad for and upset for these days other than when I get in my head, you know, and that's pretty much all the time. So that's what I'm trying to stop because <laughs> I have way too much to be grateful for. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Brett, look at this. <laughs> look at this. What time is it? 8.55? I was on time and told you I'm in <laughs> I don't recall that conversation. I gotta grab my charger. Be sure to dock her her pay for for being tardy. Let me write that down. What time we got, Brett? Well, we're in different we time could, zones. Forty-two. 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 Okay. Okay. So, how are you doing there tonight, Ag? Ag, fresh from her president's conference yeah. oh, El Presidente I, that's what they were calling her El Presidente well somebody was calling her that today oh wait that was me <laughs> my computer's gonna die I gotta move <laughs> okay alright I'll be quick <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna mute you real quick T while you're moving around so AG how was your day long long yeah, my, my work computer was being a brat, and everything took three times as long as it should have taken. Hmm, okay. All right. It, it was happens. frustrating. Yeah, it happens. It happens. I, mean, I, I had a good day. I did think you? I did. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good day at work. You didn't call out? No, I didn't. I didn't. Got to use up that PTO time, bud. I did too. I know, <laughs> but I feel guilty though. If 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 something's not aching, I got to go to work, man. Dude, I've built my whole recovery on <laughs> showing up every day. You know, you got to right. use your PTO before you lose it, though, man. And I'm gonna lose it. I'm gonna give it back. I'm to with you. I feel bad, also. <laughs> I was looking for an excuse to call out this morning. Hopefully, none of my coworkers are watching this, but. <laughs> I'm like, please. Well, there's nothing please. wrong. You looked for the excuse you didn't find when you went to work. What can they say? Yeah, I know. And then everyone else left early today. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. We get to leave early tomorrow because I'm going to post Malone. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, did, I'm excited. Did you see where he where he had that accident where he fell with part of the stage like fell? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I was so worried that they were gonna cancel my concert tomorrow but i also um let me say this i felt bad i was he was okay first like let me just say that then i was worried <laughs> they need to worry huh yeah so what's the uh temperature can you see there? me still yeah yeah okay um are you talking to me here yeah, I'm curious because I know Maine gets like freezing cold, so I'm kind of wondering what your summers are like. 
Um, right, it's starting to get cold now. I think it's about like sixty-eight. That's what my heat thing said a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now I have a broken window, so. <laughs> it's the first day Hopefully of fall. Did you realize warm. that? It's it's pumps, pumpkin spice season. Uh, no, I did not. Pumpkin spice. I I don't do the pumpkin spice. Brett might do it. <laughs> no. I don't do it either. Uh, it's not my thing. No. And it was like, I don't like pumpkin. <laughs> Me yeah, yeah. It it's a great pumpkin. fall here in Texas too. It was ninety-five. No, that's weird. Yeah, here too. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was like ninety <laughs> degrees here today. You know what? You know what the temperature is in Costa Rica? <laughs> it's like seventy-five uh, every day. <laughs> he's just gonna keep rubbing in the fact that he's moving to Costa Rica. What? I'm what? just informing y'all. Mm. That the weather is pretty stable. Mm. I'm not jealous. Is it really? Yeah, it's <laughs> I, every, yeah, I gotta go it's, there. It's like all year round, 75 degrees. But it's mm. rainy season, so it rains for like an hour. Oh, day. you're moving there? Yeah, next month. That'll be cool. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I went down there last. Uh, when did I go down there? About two weeks ago. Spent <laughs> a week down there. Fell in love with it. I mean, yeah, that would be nice. Peaceful. First time I felt, you know, I don't know about the hurricanes. I think there's one that was is in the Caribbean right now. So I'm about to check on that. Oh, that's not that bad. Are you learning Spanish yet? Si, senor. Dumb, AJ. Yeah. JR, no habla espanol. I know that phrase. I, I mix up my German and my <laughs> Spanish. So Gerard, Inglés, un poquito. Habla Inglés. That would be scary. You speak English, speak little? English very little. I know uh, El Baño. Bathroom. That's, That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. Uh, the yeah, Donde El Baño. What was that? El por- uh, Porta. Porta. The door. Close the Porta. <laughs> my spanglish you're gonna kill it yeah you could say feliz cumpleaños it's happy, happy birthday. birthday yeah 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 if you watched ashley's video video from the oh. conference she was oh. el presidente of the spanish club the spanish honor society in oh, high school my yes oh my bad my bad i was the only non Spanish speaker in the club. So how did you become the president if you didn't speak Spanish? I did well in Spanish. I just don't I speak, speak nothing. <laughs> I can read it. Well, not as well anymore, but I could read it on like a third grade level. <laughs> but for someone that didn't grow up speaking it in high I school mean, was I can read hard. English on a third grade level, so <laughs> me too. Yeah, we 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 tell we telling T about the dynamics of the show, you know. Yeah, I'm the white one. We Brett needed the you. one. You're the rainy <laughs> one. You. We needed you earlier for the for the SAMHSA <laughs> definition of recovery. Oh, yeah. This weekend, I even pulled up the the um the recovery oriented system of care, and like oh, how you well played. The, how how you do a um 
is it the <laughs> recovery communities like what you need to have a recovery ready community like the oh really yeah then like um so it's interpersonal and then the next level it is like so there's like your personal recovery <laughs> and what you need to do and then like, then the next one is like housing i don't know any of it though <laughs> would that be um, considered recovery capital yeah no. that, oh, we just went over that in our listening session here uh last week the recovery oriented standard rosc whatever it is the recovery oriented systems of care yeah so that's like when like the doctors and everybody everything's like geared towards recovery instead of like an oh, illness or so, so t how are things can up you hear me what's what's the uh what's what what's it like up there okay. I'm, I'm kind of um because i know what it's, what it's right. like in south carolina pretty much texas florida i think she's having some technical difficulties t, can you hear us Can you hear us? <laughs> I don't think she can hear us. Okay, so uh, Ashley, what's new? Talk to us. <laughs> How you doing? Good. You went shopping? You went shopping? Yeah, my daughter has an eighth grade dance tomorrow. So. Okay. So, so I can to get a. a, a, a a pedicure for the uh the big thing the big no i didn't get it done in time oh <laughs> you knew that <clears throat> why was it their time i mean you you had took like three days mm. to get ready for that thing i was going from like 6 30 in the morning to 11 um well it's starting to get cold it's weird like it'll be cold in the morning and then yeah i can hear you can you hear me? What's what's cold? Yeah, can you hear me? What do you mean is cold? No, I can. I need your definition because you're you're a Mainer, so I know your cold is different than our cold. See, it's like she's delayed though. It's like she's hearing the conversation from a couple yeah. minutes ago. Uh, see. Yeah, can, can you hear us now? I'm guessing her definition of cold is probably it's like saying it's on 40 degrees. Getting cold. 40 degrees, Charleston shuts down. <laughs> That's about the same in Texas. Uh, we get like freezing rain and everybody drives into a ditch. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, yeah. can you hear us? All right, I forget the headphones, I guess. All right. Nice. So you say it gets cold in the morning. We're trying to, to establish a baseline for what exactly you're calling cold. Um, I don't know. I would say in the morning, sometimes it's like 50, I don't know, 58. My car window's starting to like fog up a little mm. in the mornings. But then in the afternoons, it's sometimes it's like 80, 85. So it gets it's cold in the morning, so I wear a sweatshirt and pants, and then I get to work and go over break, and it's like really hot out sometimes, you know. The weather's weird, but then at night it gets cold again. So it's 
yeah, I don't know. It's I would say it's kind of like between 70 and 75 a lot of the time right now. That's nice. Yeah, it's not too bad. I haven't had to like wear a coat yet or anything. I don't even think I own a coat. <laughs> right? I don't need to. But yeah, it's pretty nice. It's, the leaves are starting to change colors and uh, I bet it's beautiful up there. Yeah, yeah, it can be. How how big is uh the town you live in? Um it's not I wouldn't say it's that big. Uh I don't really know. I'm not I've only been up here for a couple of years, but they call it like Lewiston Auburn, so I think they're both considered and I would say it's pretty big together probably. But yeah, I don't really know. I I was told that they're trying to get no, I no, that was the wrong. I, I was told they're trying to change the capital of Maine, but I mixed it up with Bitterford. That's what I was told. So okay. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, no, I don't really know how big it is, but it's pretty big here. Okay. I don't think it's bigger than Portland though. Yeah, I like to go up there someday. I heard good things about Maine. Yeah. Yeah, Portland's really nice, but then there's also parts that are really not nice, you know, because that's where the homeless shelter was, and now there isn't one, so everyone's tenting outside and just kind of everywhere. It's it's really sad. So the the you got a, a big homeless issue up there. I'm noticing it, uh, it's it's expanding yeah. Down there too. Yeah, it's really really sad, and like people, I mean. People, People that you wouldn't expect, obviously, are doing, you know, drugs and are out there homeless now than I kind of expected, really. And, uh, like, I saw, like, this lady yesterday, she was, like, six, between 65 and 70, and, um, you know, she had a bag and no shoes, and it just was really sad to me. And I it, I couldn't believe it, kind of. But it made me feel grateful for my recovery once again. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. I, I mean, I've been homeless, too. I've stayed in homeless shelters. Slept in, yeah. the car, slept in the woods. Right. You know, and the weird thing was, you know, I, I never put the pieces together. It was just always, I couldn't connect the dots in time. And, right. And like, I, I think back now and I'm like, man, what was I thinking? But, you know, I wasn't thinking. That's the, that's what addiction does to us. It right. Right. Us to the reality of the situation. You know, you're true. You're, and, and by staying in active addiction, it's like, pouring gasoline on your life mm. you know i call it that, hotel california <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i was like you i was at the eight at the at the point where i just didn't want to wake up the next day i'm like you know, please god just just go ahead and take me and get me right. out of this let me start over somewhere you know right yeah it's weird because now i wake up and like or go to sleep praying to wake up you know like yeah, yeah. i don't want yeah. my wife to be alone and like i still feel like i have a lot to do like and i never felt like that before so it's pretty amazing yeah it's, it's a great feeling it is a great mm -hmm. feeling when you start seeing your life change and and doors right. that you thought were permanently sealed against you are opening wide they come on in right it is it's a great feeling like so it makes me like emotional sometimes and i'm not usually that emotional over it but yeah it is a great it is a great feeling it does make you feel like like you know like you are finally you know believing that you deserve this much 
Right. Because, you know, during, you know, addiction is, is just like, you know, you just start hating yourself. And you, I mean, I don't remember looking in the mirror during the 20 years I was running, <laughs> right. running out there. Right. No, you're right. And like, actually, I thought about that right before this, because I was looking in the mirror and I like I looked myself in the eyes for the first time. And it, I kind of like took me back because I was like, I don't usually do that. Like I look, you know, something's on my face or like I, but I actually like looked Yeah. and it, it just kind of freaked me out a little bit because I was actually like looking back this time, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you make an eye contact with yourself. That's right. Deep. That is pretty deep right there. I'm with. Yeah. It was a very strange feeling, uh, but it was great. <laughs> you've come a long way. Congrats on the three years. Thank you. Is this your first time being on a live podcast? Um, I was on one about two months ago at Phoenix fire. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, she was just starting out. She, Oh, I don't know. I can't Who was that. I've heard that name. Yeah. Donna, her name's Donna and Dan, he runs the, um, hard knocks talks. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Daniel unmanageable. Yeah. 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 yeah we we're supposed them. to have him on the show. Whatever happened to that, Brett? Uh, hold on. Let me check the calendar. I think he bought Yeah, he's a great guy. Actually, I think I think when I was I talking to them, I had just signed up for you guys and I told him that and I maybe that's I know I told somebody about you guys and then they signed up and now they're gonna be on. Maybe it was him, I don't know. I don't see him on the calendar. Let me check the other one. There's two Yeah, calendars. we had a, a group chat with him for a while. I don't know what uh and I know uh they had reached out last weekend looking – I think one of their guests was canceling mm. or it was a no-show, and they asked. They were asking me if I knew someone that would jump on there. Yeah. Yeah, they're funny. They were nice. Yeah. Looks like they had a really good show. I, I like the graphics they got on there. Yeah. Nothing yeah, wrong with our graphics, though. Let me right. just go ahead and say that. Yeah, I like, I like how you guys are just chill and, like, this is, you know, that was only like my first time talking really. And I, I was nervous and I didn't really know what to say kind of, but no, it's I tough. Didn't. It is tough. I remember the first time that <laughs> I, I was thrown in front of the cameras and I really didn't have a clue what to say. What was, what was, you know, right. Every friendly, what was not. So it's, it's a process. I mean, mm -hmm. I still, yeah. get shy, I still get a little, a little shy in front of the camera. Was your first time the first episode we did here? Who, me? Yes. <laughs> no. No. Was it? I don't know. I don't know. No. Uh, like a year into my recovery, I had to go. I was doing large crowds. I was doing, I did vet talks like eight mm. months sober. Then I did uh, the uh, state drug court convention like a oh, wow. few months later. Nice. Yeah, this was like right out the gate. I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. 100, 100 judges and lawyers. Yeah, that's trying scary. To, trying to crack jokes that they didn't understand. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, I'm grateful for the opportunity. Because right. They didn't, they didn't understand my sense of humor. Huh. Yeah, that's... That we don't understand it either sometimes. What the? <laughs> the bell. I got the bell. You got the bell. 
new you did is that like ding ding is that what that was <laughs> yes <laughs> i always thought that was in the computer man well i did i have i have a digital one and then heather was in the comments and she was like you need to get a real bell like, okay Heather Connolly said that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't see her in the crowd tonight. Yeah, I haven't seen her tonight. Usually she's on. Yeah, here. she was quiet today, wasn't she? She wasn't even in the other thread. <laughs> you need to you get her on the show one of these days. Yeah, I know. I keep pushing her. I'm like, time for you to get in front of her and Chrissy. I want to get them in front of the camera when they're ready. <laughs> it's so like intimidating with it being on camera and being live, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. I was like, a little nervous, and then like all the incident I had right before, I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm yeah, gonna... you get rattled. You get rattled. I did. Yeah. yeah, AG was showing up with a with a half charged laptop, for, like three shows in a row. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. We finally was... had to put it in her contract to charge her laptop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my contract. Yeah, and most days I'm like trying to rush home from work just to be on in time. Right. What time is it there? Is it different? Seven for him. He's in central time. Yeah. Mm. And it's eight here, but it's like. Eight there? How is it eight there? It's nine o'clock here. Oh, nine. Well, I mean, the show starts at eight. Oh. I said it was seven there because I meant the show started at seven. It's eight there. Yeah. Right. (laughs) Hey, Brett, it's it's like seven o'clock in Costa Rica. I'm just saying. You, you still gonna hop on occasionally from Costa Rica, rub it in our face? Every show. <laughs> Brett, Brett quit sending me the links then. <laughs> that, that's gonna be nice. <laughs> you should find people, random people, and bring them on. Like, yeah, that'd be cool too. I mean, Carlos I would, I would love to do that. I mean, if they would let me do that, <laughs> but just much, you know. You could you could film a segment like a JR on the street segment. That'd be really cool. Mm-hmm. I bet it'd be funny. Yeah, yeah just be... it doesn't have to be in the facility. It can just be like he said on the street, and you can ask them questions. Okay. And then we could see like if there's a difference between yeah, I'm curious what, you what we believe there. or what we know yeah. and what they know. Yeah, I I think uh, globally it's probably pretty much the same i mean if you've i've heard stories from everywhere and it's always you know it all comes down to pretty much the same things you know some kind of you know inner trauma childhood trauma and it's you know losing control you know you you may think you're you're uh self-medicating yourself but you're actually you know fast-tracking yourself to hell you know in a way you know right you know because you know you just start hating yourself then when you start hating yourself you start hating everybody else yeah it's isolating yeah you start, <laughs> yeah you, you isolate yourself from everybody and your anybody that you know would that would actually be there to, to help help you 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 kind of want to break away from them because you don't you just don't want to hear it i mean right that's how strong you know addiction is i mean mm. people that's why I'm, I'm. I always tell people if you're in recovery and you've broke away from that, you are a a warrior because it takes so much strength. I mm. mean, to totally, you know, rebuild your life. Yeah, it really does. And like, 
I was having other people tell me, you know, and like say how proud of they are because, you know, my job, like I've had it for almost two years now and that, you know, before I had a different job every other month, every other week. Like, yeah, working temp jobs. Yeah, I've done it. Right, yeah. right, exactly. And like I just had a review and, you know, it was basically perfect, which I, I'm not trying to brag, but like I go above and beyond now because I try to make up for all the things I did wrong before. And you know, it feels good too, doesn't it? Doesn't it feel good? It really does, yeah. And like, I yeah, I kind of like I I get emotional a little bit now when I get these compliments because before I knew that I wasn't good, I knew that I was wrong, you know. Like, but now I know that I'm not, and I will fight that till the end. Like, if I know I'm right, I'm fighting it. And I got sometimes I gotta learn to walk away too. But you know, just man, I've been lied to for so long and hurt for too many years i'm not gonna let anybody do that to me especially right. if it's my choice you know right right all right i mean it it takes two people i mean right you just remove and, yourself from the situation right and i go above and beyond to live the right way every day now and like it's nice to just know that i'm doing the right thing and i don't have to worry or you know anything yeah they say uh i, I listen to a lot of uh motivational shows and uh one of them was uh, they were talking about uh, John Wooden. He's like the winningest college basketball coach of all time. Mm. And they say you could find him at like five o'clock in the morning, sweeping his gym's gym floor. Mm. They're like, "What? What are you doing? You're the, <clears throat> you're the greatest basketball coach ever." He's like, "I, I just wanted if if people see me, you know, they would get motivated by what I do." Right. I'm like, I screwed it up. I screwed it up. I think I got. Yeah, no, I get I get the point though. Yeah. 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 Someone asked me that today because I just got to work and, and, and I was I was doing something and they're like, you already working? I'm like, yeah, I just try to set set a good example. Right. Right. See, I, I before I had a terrible, terrible work ethic. Like I really didn't whatever. But now like my wife, she was she was in the Navy, you know, so she has a serious work ethic, sometimes too much. And uh, like it makes me feel guilty now if I call out or if I don't go, but not even just that on top of that, if I don't go, I feel like somebody's not getting their food they needed that day or, you know, I know someone else will do it, but if I'm not there, like more could get done, you know, like, right. And so I just feel bad. Like we get a lot of vacation time and sick time and all that. So I feel bad using it, but I also, was out for like seven weeks this year with an injury, um, which was an accident. And they, the hospital accused me of, you know, like suicide and put me in whatever P six for two days. Wouldn't give me my phone, no TV, nothing. And I had two psychiatrists say that it was an accident, like verified, like the way I described it, you know, the wound match, whatever, all of that. And I was like in a good mental state, you know, whatever, but, because of my past and you know my addiction in the past, they immediately just assumed I was nothing and nobody, and like literally left me in this room for three, two and a half days, almost three days, and then I had to sign myself out. And like, there's more to it, but it was just crazy the way they treated me. So I can't imagine like somebody still in active use going in there wanting help when they treat people like that. You know what I mean? Right. It's just sad. It is sad. I mean, once, once it's like, uh, 
if you go into the hospital and you admit that you know you're you're in recovery or something, they automatically assume the worst. Mm-hmm. So it's like their whole attitude will change towards you. Yeah, you know what? And like this year, because of my job, like I I got insurance through my job, um, but before that, I had main care, like you know, like the state medical, or whatever, and. I immediately noticed the difference in the way they treated you too, like based on your insurance or, you know, cause they assume whatever, like if you have the state insurance, you're like poor and you're nothing, you know? So it's, it's crazy. I feel like it all goes together and they need to stop that. Yeah. So I had a talk with someone about this like exact subject almost today. <laughs> and it was interesting cause you know, we we're talking about how, there's a like the needs are different depending on like income levels. It seems like you know a lot of people. That think was me. That. No, it wasn't you. It was it was at lunchtime, but we did probably too. But it's like uh-huh. the the high income they have the the money for care, like they can get the best care, but they don't have the connection. They don't have the community resources. They don't have the programs, or they're just not, you know, that's not a normal way of life them that you know they live right. so kind of secluded so for sustainable recovery it's really hard um because you know like connection and making those like relationships is huge and then mm. for like lower income they don't have the access to care but they have the community and the community takes care of each other more and there's someone to look out for that you know like mm-hmm. and it's like and then there's the middle class that's in the middle that's like kind of falls through the cracks even like more than anyone because seven right. years people in active addiction are working. Um, See, and that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. So it's like, it's, you know, everybody thinks, oh, well, there's not needs. If, you know, if you make a lot of money, that life's perfect, but it's like, not necessarily, it's just a different, a different need. Right. Right. Yeah. And like, outside of where, you know, like, I have some mental health issues and anxiety, you know, and some depression, but outside of work is when I deal with that. You know what I mean? So like it, yeah, and it, it makes me so angry. Like the way they treat people like that. And you know, just every, if you go to the hospital, everyone should be equal. That's it. Like just fix them, you know, like it's just crazy. Well, does Maine have expanded Medicaid there or no? Um, I'm not really sure. I think so. Okay. See, like Florida, if you if you aren't if you don't qualify for disability and you don't have a child, like you don't qualify for Medicaid. And if it it's was family, like that, if it you have was. a family of like two, you can you have to make under like thirty thousand a year, or it might be even less than that. It's like super low. I think a family of four is like under thirty four thousand. Yeah, qualify. yeah, it's something like that. And I think because of the pandemic, they changed it a little bit. But it, yeah, it's not very much, you know, like, and it doesn't qual, it doesn't cover dental or anything like that. And then like dentists around here, you can only go if it's an emergency and you need like your tooth pulled, you know, for a root canal, I just have to pay $800, like with insurance, like what? Yeah, dental insurance doesn't cover crap. <laughs> yeah, I, right. So I'm like, oh, what am I paying for here exactly? Like. Yeah, I, I I just had a root canal too, and my insurance supposedly paid half, my, but my out of pocket was six hundred dollars, 
And then I got a bill from them again for another 140. So I paid I have paid 740 dollars for this root canal. Wow. Yeah, I should check on that. <laughs> I don't know. It's just crazy. Like I was very shocked when they said that, but I am thankful that I could do that. You know, because before I couldn't, and I was in serious pain, and I was getting worried. You know, like I was. I was taking Tylenol and ibuprofen and it was, it got to the point where it wasn't really doing anything. And like my ear was hurting and it was all numb, like not numb, but like throbbing. And it was just from one tooth, you know, like, and it, I don't know, it took them three weeks to get me in the appointment or something like that. So I, I just had to deal with it, you know, like, and I'm thankful for my recovery because I, before I don't, I would not have made it for, for that long, you know? Yeah. And it's just, it's crazy. It really is. I feel bad, like, for some of the people, and I, I wish there's more, like, I could do or help change, you know? And yeah. You can only do so much, though, I guess. Well, T, we really appreciate you coming on our show with us and, and sharing your story. I mean, it mm, was, yeah. That's, I'm, <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you're, I'm glad you're still with us at the, the after, hearing right <laughs> I, was, I was like yeah uh, there was uh, a lot was, i've been stabbed and everything uh, too like yeah, i didn't was, even get that to that but. <laughs> yeah but I'm, I'm so happy that you're celebrating three years recovery that your your relationship's going great thank you your job's going great it looks like yeah, you're on the right path keep keep doing what you're doing thank you i'm trying <laughs> so what's the best thing about recovery um i Honestly, the best thing for me so far, I, I like, I feel like I've seen the light come back to myself kind of like, and I am learning my, who I am and what I like. And, you know, like before that, I didn't know, like, I, I don't know still really, but I'm figuring it out. And I like waking up every day, like to my wife and knowing we're happy and sober, you know, like. And I'm going to go to work and come home to my same house, you know, like, and my stuff will be there. Like, it just, I don't, I, I don't know, like, stability, I guess, like, stability and just life, really. Like, I'm just thankful to be alive, really, because I shouldn't be several times. <laughs> I think that safety and, you know, psychological safety especially is super important. Yeah. Know? Having yeah, a place to go and having a safe relationship where you can you're coming home to someone and they're right. supporting you and that's that's huge. Yeah, sense. and I even got people at work that you know if I needed something or I could talk to them. So it's it's amazing. I've never had like so many supports for there that didn't want anything. You know, so it, it is a great feeling. It definitely is. Mm -hmm. Yes. Thank you. Well, I'm happy for you. Appreciate it. You definitely deserve to, to have some happy times. Yes, we're going to Post Malone tomorrow, Lizzo next weekend, and we're looking for a house. So things awesome. are going great. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yep. The power of recovery. I keep yes. telling AG that. The power of recovery. Right. If you want change to change lives, it does. Recover loud. Yep. Recover loud. It, it, Amen. Amen. Not every day is good, but there's good in every day. Mm -hmm. True. That's true. You can turn it around. 
if you're not sitting at the table, you're on the menu. Mm-hmm. You know, I said something earlier that made me think, and I said, um, you know, every day I've been waking up again to more friends that have died, but I'm also waking up now to more friends in recovery. So that is different. It's a great yeah. thing. And it's also like people that have been in recovery for a long time and never talked about it. Like I'm seeing a lot more like professionals talk about, well, I've been in recovery for 10 years or, you know, I yeah. don't know. It's just because I'm open about it. So they're open with me, but it just seems like lately people are just, there's a lot more people in recovery than we ever knew. Yes, definitely. It's like becoming more acceptable and normal. <laughs> they even do Narcan training in the OSHA um, trainings now. Oh, wow. Yeah, my dad that. had one. <laughs> I did not know we that. Did. Yeah. I know they're trying to use, you know, have safety directors um, be more familiar with addiction and um, safety things because it's the construction industry. It's so prevalent. Right. Yeah, I'm on the safety committee at my job, so I'm learning things and informing them of things I learn from outside, so... I try to do everything. I'm everywhere these days. That's awesome. Yeah, it's very interesting. I'm loving it. I'm uncomfortable, but I'm I love it, and I'm trying to be out there. You gotta That's get you, you out of your comfort zone. Yeah, so you know you're in the right place. Right. If you're comfortable, you're not growing. Right. That's true. That's what I heard. Yeah. So be a little be uncomfortable, but don't be miserable, you know, right, right. you're stretching. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's great advice. I appreciate it. Well, good luck. We hope to see you back on the show some next year. Absolutely. And, uh, I'll have a lot more. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. And thank you for joining our recovery challenge. Absolutely. Thank hey, you. Guys. Did you hear my, uh, the recovery challenge thing? I did. Yep. <clears throat> no, no, she didn't. Ashley didn't hear it. She wasn't on. I mean, sounded very already. professional. Oh, it did. Yes. Oh, your yes, your sports talking voice. Yeah, <laughs> he did a news anchor voice. I keep meaning to do it too. Like when I was at the recovery walk, I was gonna like bring a couple, and then I forgot, like, and take pictures with a bunch of people having it, and then I was gonna do it at the conference, and then I got busy and I forgot. And so yeah, I, I okay. Hey, we still have, we got, we have we still eight got days. like eight days. Mm, I'll share the word too. Yeah, please. The more the is merrier. there going to be a way to share this like after? Yeah, it'll yeah. Be on Facebook on the Facebook page and on YouTube. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> cool. Jr., you have a job, and your job is to find out what states we're missing, because then we'll shout those out. Mm. Mm. One job, Jr. Mm-hmm. Oh, I got a job now. Yeah. <laughs> I got like we'll five jobs. It to Chrissy I'm, or I Heather. do like six jobs a day. <laughs> You'll probably delegate it, but I'm putting it on your shoulders. See what states are missing, so that we can get all of them. Brett, tell Ashley she's got one job to do next week. <laughs> What's that? You had one job. <laughs> what was that, wife? You had one job. You had one job. You had one job, AG. To be here at 8.05. <laughs> you showed up at 
Well, I don't have to do the little thing because you were in Miami and you already did Florida. So I'm not. I'm... Oh, yeah, we got Florida, <laughs> Costa Rica. All right, Brett. Run them. Thank you, guys. Hey, thank you. Thank you, you. We appreciate you, coming you on. being here. Absolutely. Have a good night. You too. Thank you. All right. If you guys are joining us on YouTube, please be sure to subscribe to the page and turn on notifications so you know when we go live. It's every Thursday night, 7 o'clock Central, 8 Eastern. If you guys would like to send us a message so this isn't just a one-sided event, you can leave us a voice message up to three minutes long at speak-2.us slash RRL. And we thank you guys for tuning in. If you guys want to re-watch the episode, you can watch it on the Facebook page or on the YouTube channel. And we also publish the audio from this live stream. Uh, so just search for Recovery Revolution Live on your favorite podcast player if that is your preferred method. Um, anything else, JR? Get your uh, 2022 Recovery Challenge picture sent in we still got eight more days left in that so be sure to do that post them on the facebook page and spread some awareness about recovery in your community and around the world we thank you guys for tuning in tonight and we will see you next thursday night with another incredible guest remember guys progress not perfection